everyone, and welcome to the epi- next episode of the Comics Deserve Better podcast, where we cover uh, the world of independent comics. I am one of your hosts, and not the power broker, Brian. And as always, with me is Darcy and Carrie. Hello. Hello. I'm probably the power broker. <laughs> it's quite possible. Yeah, it could be Elaine from Seinfeld. Um, <laughs> also uh, joining us for this episode uh, from the Series Issues podcast is Siobhan Coombs. Hello, guys. Thank you so much for having me. Thank We're glad you. to have you here. Very nice. It's a delight to see you all. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, nice to see you as well. I uh, we've we've been all listening to to your podcast for a very long time, so it's very much a treat to have you here with us. Yeah, thank you, guys. Thank you. Um, so we have no news uh, this week. Um, well, there probably was news, but I didn't have time to look at news, so we're moving on. Um, we're going to go to no the news uh, good news. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Go. We're going to go to the uh, spotlight section uh, where we recommend a comic that has come out or is coming out in the near or or far future. Uh, Darcy, do you want to go first? Sure, I will go first. Um, I'm going to recommend one that I have been talking about for years. That is. Uh, been kind of hard to get now it's slightly easier i don't know if anyone will want to get it but i'm going to recommend it anyway it is joe secret agent by pseudochart um it is now available online you can get it digitally through mabe or meb i'm actually not sure what the vowel is on that like how hard or how soft uh but it is a thai comic um, and this is an old comic. It was, it's actually like super important in Thailand because it kind of started the independent, uh, Thai comic industry movement in the nineties. And it kind of has, it has a lot of, if, if you liked independent comics in the nineties, early two thousands, like it has a lot of that vibe to it. Um, kind of that kind of sharp art, very heavy action, but like without maybe some of that booby sexiness that it had that makes kind of going back and reading 90s comics kind of awkward today. Um, The only problem is, is it hasn't been translated and that's why I push for it really hard. It's kind of, I want more people to kind of find it and push for it. I can't actually read Thai. I can speak some, but I can't read any of it. So I've never actually really read this comic except for Reddit panel by panel, which is how I do a lot of uh, international comics. You know, you kind of read some of it and you don't really get all of it. Um, I've got friends who are kind of pushing for it in Thailand, but it kind of never gets out of the country. And that's sad. Uh, But you can get this comic. The first three issues of the original run are free on Meb. Uh, You can get some of the side comic for free on Meb. Again, this downloads digitally. The comic itself is... It's got one of the coolest main character designs ever. The concept is the Earth at this time. Actually, back in the past, uh, the seas receded from the planet like the ocean kind of receded and instead of just like mammals turning into humans sea creatures also kind of turned into bipeds as well so you've got like sea creature faced people and so joe secret agent is also a um kind of like he's he's I think he's like an octopus or a squid squid faced person Uh, and he's not really a secret agent he's more of like a PI so he kind of looks like um, 
he's got that traditional kind of PI look. He's got the jacket, he's got the hat, and he's got his squid face that's kind of sideways. In the color issues, he's blue. He's got a blue face. He's very cool. He's very awesome. He rides in these fast cars. He's sometimes kind of drawn with a girlfriend. I think she's a girlfriend. I don't really know. Maybe she's just a hookup. Who knows? I can't read it. I'd love to. <laughs> Dark Horse, please translate it. I would love it if you did. Um, issues still come out like it's an old comic and things will still come out volumes still get reprinted it's still highly beloved in the country today uh just like two weeks ago i missed i'm so pissed at myself uh they did this gorgeous huge like laptop mouse pad uh that was a limited run that i wanted to buy it would have cost me like 300 dollars to get it shipped over here but um i missed it uh, it's still hugely beloved there was like a minor cartoon for a while it needs support and i just highly recommend it anybody who's interested it's one of the coolest character designs at the very least cool you have the octopus person he's he's an octopus person and all of it just got a really cool world like you know people will go into diners that are half underwater like the humans wear little you know like diver helmets and they still hang out together it's just a really awesome world building that's done there and he as you know pseudochart as a like creator all of the stuff he does is really awesome and he's a cool person he needs more support I'm gonna look that up. That sounds cool. Yeah, it totally it's does. It's so awesome. You know, maybe it's horrible if you can actually read it. I don't know. But he's yeah, maybe you're recommending I, us something like deeply inappropriate. I could be. It's totally possible. But he's nice. I've talked to him personally, and he's a nice person. So I don't I, I don't think so. Other people I know who have read it say it's good. So and I love the art. Taste. <laughs> good that's very like, possible but yeah the, the art is amazing <laughs> awesome that sounds that's very awesome. cool that's really cool okay hello Siobhan uh would you like to go next if you're ready sure 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 so I'm going to recommend two things which like uh, he's so famous that I don't know if it really counts as indie anymore but the mm-hmm. releases like the sort of new translations or the, the re-releases of his work are so few and far between and I was like so excited when I worked into King's Comics, the comic book shop that I work in and um, saw these on the shelf. So I'm going to recommend um, two new printings of some classic Tezuka books. So they've reprinted, they've reprinted um, the first one, which I was like, but my partner Nate has stolen it and I have no idea where he's put it. Um, (laughs) Is the uh, Tezuka version of Crime and Punishment, the Dostoevsky book, which is like, an incredibly bizarre piece of work and like mm. really great but like very odd it's a very odd thing and in the sort of there's an essay after the the main story where the guy's sort of saying like he knew this was weird he knew this was a weird project to do no one wanted him to do it he just wanted to do it mm. <laughs> so it's just like this really bizarre passion project but then there's this other one called storm fairy which um collects three sort of short stories um and they're more kind of in the shoujo romance girls kind of story genre which I love like Tezuka always had a really interesting kind of relationship with gender and women and women's stories and stuff um so I really am interested in this and I it's really interesting sort of contrasting the two books that came out at the same time because this is very like Storm Fairy has very um 
you know, really detailed panels, a lot of um, really well fleshed out worlds. And Crime and Punishment is incredibly simple. By contrast, it's like there's there's almost no backgrounds. It's almost all just figures. And they're very, very simple and very cartoony, mm. um, much more so than like some of his other more serious adult work, like Ode to Kirihito or something like that. Um, but I'm, you know, I buy anything comes back out into print. And I think these have been available digitally for a long time, but if you're a physical media fan um, like me, then I super recommend picking both of these up. You can't go wrong. Awesome. Yeah, I didn't know he did Crime and Punishment. That's amazing. I'll definitely it's, have to look into that. It's so weird. <laughs> it's yeah, really like- I, I mean, every uh, every adult kind of thing he did was very weird. So yeah. Very weird. Yeah. But it, I, um, yeah. Dealing with those sorts of big themes but they're like the most sort of the 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 cutest versions of characters that he drew so they're like super little chibi adorable guys walking around like oh like i shouldn't have murdered that prostitute with a hammer and all this oh man that sounds fabulous i totally want to read that that That, sounds great that's a juxtaposition i can get behind that absolutely um i no, and i and that is a very inaccessible book to read so i can just imagine the, the manga version of it that's pretty awesome <laughs> yeah it's really funny my mom my mom's really uh like obsessed with james joyce she's like a classic mm-hmm. sort of expat um irish person and she's always trying to get me to read ulysses oh, and i gosh. bought a manga version as a joke to like annoy her <laughs> but it's the only version that i've ever read the manga version was great there you go <laughs> i might have to check that out so i've tried to read Ulysses like three times in my life I've got through four or five pages like I stopped I then decided you know what I'm gonna cheat I'm just gonna get on Wikipedia and read what it's about I still didn't understand (laughs) (laughs) because it's just about nothing it's like it's just about nothing yeah I quite like 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 I, I really like Beckett I've read quite a bit of Beckett and all that kind of stuff so like I quite like sort of weird meandering inaccessible depressing irish bullshit but like <laughs> mm. good lord i can't get through ulysses yeah, I, I i couldn't do ulysses either it was just too much i i tried reading it i think twice and just stopped who did the manga version i'll i'll go find it on my shelf if you guys give me a second <laughs> oh yeah no, no worries yeah i didn't know there was a manga version of that either it's cool that's a great way to Taken literature. Mm-hmm. There, manga classics is a whole, a whole thing. There's mm-hmm. a there's a company that does manga classics, and that's probably not. I don't think they would do Ulysses because <laughs> this is for children manga yeah. classics. Yeah. But they do some great stuff. So there's not actually oh. like a creator. It's like so classic. Like it's just classics illustrated. Oh, nice. Oh, so okay. It, is, it says author and images by Variety Artworks. Nice. <laughs> that's really cool. That's very ambiguous. <laughs> that's very incredibly cool. ambiguous. Oh, that's cool. But I also found the crime of punishment, so I can show you guys. I know oh, this is awesome. audio, but I can at least show you guys how like um let me find some of the weirder bits. Like it's just quite weird to have it be it's really yeah. serious. No, it's, it's more like his earlier stuff. Yeah, it sort of reminds me of like the underground men. Do you know that mm-hmm. one? It's like I think his first book that he published, and it's like yeah, that yeah, um, yeah. This sort of reminds me quite a lot of that, but it's um, yeah, it's a weird one. I recommend it. Published by <laughs> Platinum Manga. Okay, cool. Platinum cool. Manga. 
and and then also the the other the other work that you were talking about um Star i'm Man. always about fairy tale manga stuff so mm. that sounds really cool too yeah i really like his shoujo stuff he was really mm-hmm. good with his shoujo stuff yeah like i love like princess knight and all that princess kind of knight's stuff, great so good and this is very like there's a detective agency story there's one about a sunset cloud and there's one about like a beautiful princess and a um who's cursed to have an ugly face oh it's just terrible oh, worst thing in the world that's my curse that's the worst uh, thing. <laughs> not being hot <laughs> exactly this is the worst thing ever but you're only <laughs> talking about her face we don't know about the rest of her so we yeah. can objectify the rest of her right mm, obviously <laughs> she would she would have to be cute and dainty all of his all of his girls were always very cute and dainty yeah, it's the funniest thing about Princess Knight is like, she's like, oh, I want to be brave, but I just love like cute things and being dainty and like shoes. <laughs> but, she, and, but she did hate it when her boy's heart was taken away and she couldn't fight anymore. Exactly. Yeah. Oh. Well, yeah, definitely being dainty and brave are mutually separate things. Apparently. Very much so. Okay, well, Carrie, how about you? Are you? Um. Yeah, so... Uh, just so everybody knows, I work with um, children with, who have autism and I work with uh, kindergarten through second graders. So it's just, it's become a big part of my life for just diverse representation for people with autism. And the comic I'm, I actually found online, um, sort of random. I couldn't find a lot of information about it. I found like a blog about the autism spectrum um, by a woman named Rebecca Burgess from the UK. And she mentions this father-son duo who created a comic that's like an eight-page PDF that's called Understanding the Spectrum. And it's about a little boy named Archie. And he explains to the reader why he has problems with light and sound and how everybody who has autism looks different from each other and how they could still look like normative parts of society, but how they have different needs that need to be addressed and respected and that they need to be respected. So it's really, really cool because it's a nice graphic way, not graphic in a weird way, but graphic, like just a visual like explaining how autism is truly a spectrum and how it's so varied that everyone is different and that you can't see it to know that someone is air quotes like disabled. I liked Archie, he was cool. That is cute. Now having educational graphic comics are super important, especially in classrooms and especially for people who don't wanna sit down and read long essays or long twitter threads about why things like that are important um but that's awesome like uh, one of the things that i really like am interested in as i sort of get older and the things that i'd sort of like to pursue more in my career is like comics and literacy and definitely there's that it's it's comics are so great because they're so much more accessible to people of different kind of reading levels but they don't talk down they're very like you know, you can, you can deal with very sophisticated ideas and kids don't have to, or adults who struggle with reading don't have to feel sort of embarrassed about their abilities or, yeah, I just think it's great. I agree very much. And not just don't have to struggle with it, but don't have to 
it can express that concept on many different levels. Like there are some things you can get through a sentence and you understand it on a visual level as well, because mm -hmm. you can misunderstand just through words. Absolutely. So. Mm -hmm. well, definitely. The visual element is definitely very important. All right, I will uh, get into to my choice. Um, I have, uh, it's called Umami. Oh, I'm so interested in this. Yeah. I've heard of it and it looks awesome. And yeah, it's Ken Demura. Um, it's on Panel Syndicate, so it's um, it's available for any price that you choose to pay for it. Um, you know, it's uh, it it um, the right now the first eight issues are are available, but they also have a collected edition, which is what I ended up getting. It's called Umami Starters, uh, and it's uh, I, it's by Ken Nomura, uh, who might sound familiar because he's the artist from I Kill Giants, which is definitely. Oh a very a favorite of mine so I uh, once I saw that I had to pick this up um actually I even put to the name together when I first saw it and I just thought it was so cute that I'm like okay and I and I've been getting into thank you Darcy cooking and, and food comics lately You're so welcome. so like that I saw I saw the the name and I saw the the image and I was like okay I have to check this out and um so it's about um two sis or two friends uh, well, they're not friends at first, but they become friends on their journey. Um, there are two cooks uh, named Uma and Ami, and hence the name Umami. And um, Ami is kind of the very pragmatic character, follows the rules, follows recipes very well. He's um, just graduated from the culinary school and is going to the capital to be the chef for the king. Uh, and then there's Uma, who's the littler character, uh, very, very um, bombastic. And and loves to cook, but cooks for fun. And so, and also, uh, what's interesting about her cooking style is that she uses it to help people, not necessarily to eat, but like if like there's a part where someone has a blown out tire on their wagon, and so she she bakes a round piece of bread to put as the tire on the uh, on the wagon and help them out. And so I she's love very. That. So, so it's a you know very creative usage of food. Um, so she's going to the she's also going to the capital. That's why she ends up uh, traveling with Ami um, because there is a shortage of salt throughout the kingdom. Uh, they're not sure exactly why, but the the last thing that she had heard was that salt was only available in the kingdom itself. Um, so that's why she's going there to to get to basically save her village because. Uh, her village used to have a salt mine, but unfortunately something bad happened to it. So, um, but, and so she went on this one, one person journey to try to, to, uh, to solve the village issues. But um, on her way, she finds out everyone else is missing salt as well. So um, it's, you know, so it's now become a, a major trek. Um, so two different personalities between Uma and Ami, they, they definitely clash at first and, you know, in the classics, you know, storytelling style they they end up finding the parts of, about each other that they like and they end up becoming good friends and good companions on their their journey and um it's very the story itself is very studio ghibli like that kind of style of story very like nice and cute and it's about friendship and it's also about being you know brave and 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 selfless so 
has those those elements to it. Um, the the artwork, uh, if you're familiar with that, Kill Giants, it kind of has the same style. It's kind of like a Western anime, Western manga kind of like combination. Um, and and it's very liney in the book. It's black and white, um, and the lines and the ink work is very like. It, it, it's very precise on some parts and very much like when it's more of a chaotic scene, it's very much more like a, like a scribble and it works for the panel because it just kind of shows the element of, of like, of the excitement or the element of surprise that's going on at that, that certain moment. Now I'm here for a food comic. <laughs> I'm yes. always here for a food comic. Silly question. What is umami? It's that flavor profile that's savory. So like mushrooms or miso or butter. <laughs> butter is a good one. Yeah. Indescribable but... like mouthfeel and uh, savory taste. Okay. Ramen broth is a good one too. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have a, um, a chain of, of burger places in the LA area called Umami Burger. And and they were like, oh yeah, you can have the taste of umami in the burger. And the burgers just tasted like every other burger out there. So I'm like, okay, you know, we believe you, you know. The secret was the umami was always there. Yeah, it's the, it's the umami is the friends you make along the way. <laughs> so, exactly. That's so, funny. So umami tastes like hamburgers and I'm, I'm all for it. So. <laughs> No, don't you read the comic Umami's Friendship? Yep, Umami's Friendship. Well, so my apologies. My notes were kind of messed up. Um, Siobhan, I was going to ask you as well, if you don't mind, um, kind of giving us a little background about your your comic uh, origins, your fandom and everything. What do you mean? Sorry, like how I got into comics? Is that the vibe? Yeah, sure. I mean, like, um, I think I just... From a very young age, comics were always like around. I was always really into Tintin, really love Archie comics. It's well documented, my love of Archie comics. Yeah, um, Archie. Yeah, my, my sort of closest friend and I, her dad was like really into really big comics guys. So like they're always way inappropriate, um, like underground comics hanging around her house. And we'd, you know, stay up late reading our double digests and swapping them and stuff like that. Um, and then it just sort of like the second I started, like had my own job at the age of about 14, I was like, I am buying comics with that. So I like spent all of my, all of my, you know, pay from working in a juice bar on comics. And um, it was always just whatever was in the like, whatever was at the news agents near my school. So a lot of like random issues of Batgirl, that sort of thing. Um, and then when I was 17, I had just finished school and I went to my favorite comic book shop where I'd sort of been going all the time, spending all of my money on Teen Titans comics mostly and like DC comics. That's sort of was really my gateway. Um, and they were hiring and because I was 17 and I'm pretty sure because they could pay me less than everyone else because I was 17, I got hired. <laughs> and then I sort of did various other things when I was young, but it's just been a real constant in my life. And um, it's just been more and more of an obsession ever since. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So it's not a very exciting origin story. It's just no, it was a, actually. I love comics and they've just consistently, consistently been there. It's but cool it's been... that, oh, I'm sorry. I was going to say, it's cool yeah. that you were a girl working in 
comics because I think that's pretty rare. Yeah, you know, in our area. one of the reasons I loved Kings because in, in Sydney, there was always two comic book shops. There was Comic Kingdom and Kings Comics. And Comic Kingdom was like old school, like a proper dungeon. Dudes were mad creepy. Comics had silverfish in them. Like you could occasionally get some bargains. But like I, I went in there uh, as, as a sort of 16 year old or so. I went in there and someone of the dude behind the counter said something real weird to me. And I was like, you know what? I'm just not coming back here ever again. And Kings Rich. always had women working behind the counter. Awesome. And so I felt really comfortable going in there um, always. And there were always like they've always tried really hard to have a solid sort of 50 percent split of men, women working there because I just think it's really important. And like mm. now it's so much better. It's so much cooler. It's way easier being a woman in comics. Um, but man, it's, it's, it's funny how much it's changed even just in sort of 10 years. It's so um, it's is. way cooler now. Yeah, it, there's still definitely some progress that needs to be made, but it's definitely a lot more welcoming. And yeah, one of the things I mean um, that that kind of helped that whole situation is is the program that I've heard so much about the Queens of Kings that you that you run. I've got one tonight. Oh, nice. <laughs> oh sweet! Very, very cool. Um, so Queens of Kings was very like you know, I was very lucky when I sort of came up working in comics. There used to be this group on Facebook run by Kate Leth called um valkyries the valkyries Mm -hmm. which disbanded and in quite an ugly way and it's quite a sort of hot hot button issue but yeah the thing that was great for me was being able to talk to other women who worked in comic book stores because I didn't know anyone else who was a woman working in comic book stores and they were pretty specific issues that sort of came along with that um and so I saw all these groups uh all these women starting sort of women's groups women's reading clubs um and then there was a store in melbourne called all-star comics and they started one and i was like well fuck it if they have got one i can do it um and so queens of kings was born and it's just like easily in my sort of working life it has it's the thing i'm most proud of it's the thing that like makes me the happiest it's just this group of absolute fucking weirdos who just love comics and we just meet up once a month and cackle for like three (laughs) hours and talk about you know really inappropriate things and (laughs) loads of biscuits and it's sort of really lovely to me because so a whole bunch of these girls when they first started coming to king's they didn't have female friends to go to conventions with they didn't sort of know other people who like the same things and now a bunch of them have started going to conventions together sort of internationally like they went to ECCC and stuff like that and it's just really that just feels so special to me that like I've, I've I, I am the catalyst that has made like proper friendships happen you know yeah that's really cool all right um now I think it's time for our main course uh uh, where we choose a book to kind of have a nice discussion about. Uh, we actually chose two books uh, due to their, their length, but they have something in common. They're both from the very fantastic publisher, Shortbox Comics. Uh, we have Don't Go Without Me by Rosemary Valero O'Connell and Homunculus by Joe Sparrow. Um, Chopin, if you don't mind, would you like to kind of give a quick synopsis? Sure. So I like that you guys uh, chose these two books because I feel like there's uh, some kind of good thematic consistency across them. They're sort of both, I would say, like uh, gentle sci-fi romances. Great. 
sort of term. So yeah. um, Don't Go Without Me is by Rosemary Valera O'Connell, who you would best know from Laura Dean Keeps Breaking Up With Me. She was the artist on that. Um, and this is her working by herself, um, writing and illustrating. I love the, um, I have the lovely print editions. I'm obsessed Beautiful. with like the, the sort of quality that Shortbox consistently puts out. Mm-hmm. Like it's got this beautiful gold foil on the cover, nice square bound. The colors are always like exceptional and really beautiful. Um, so Don't Go Without Me has two short stories in it. The first one is about, oh, three. It's got three in it. Yes. Yeah, three. Um, Oh God, like I, I have so much trouble trying to encapsulate what her books are about, but also I start flicking through to get, to remind myself and I'm like, oh God, it's just so beautiful. And you just get so distracted by how like stunning her art mm-hmm. is. I, oh good. I'm, I'm constantly in awe of her work. I think that she's so talented and so like, um, her work is so charming. And so I was trying to explain to Nate cause he was like, oh, she's quite a lot like uh, Tilly Walden. And I was like, mm-hmm. I can see the similarities, but there's just something about Valera O'Connell's comics that just like immediately get right to my heart or something. Like they just make me feel. <laughs> yeah, nothing else. against Tilly Walden, but nothing I like her better. Yeah, I like Rosemary Valera O'Connell better. Yeah, they're not uh, in competition, but if they were. No. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I don't know who I would choose. <laughs> exactly. Um, so the first story is about a couple trying to enter a fantasy land and as um, they try and find each other, they trade stories about each other to um, try and get clues as to where they are. And every time they tell a story, they lose the memory a little bit. And it's really like, it's sort of very um, like fairy tale like um, really sort of um, dreamlike and it's really sad and moving uh, but then it all turns out fine which I was like I'd forgotten that the ending was kind of nice and I was like oh no like crying as I read it (laughs) um and then the second story is about it's sort of funny because it's that kind of sci-fi that's very organic so it's quite hard to like put into words what it's actually about but it's like some kind of tech goes wrong and a girl gets stuck as a ghost inside another girl's head and then falls in love with her that's a pretty good I love that that's my favorite way to put that story (laughs) that was perfect fantastic that was my favorite one yeah it's so beautiful holy moly I've never like fallen in love with characters so fast Mm. um and the way she draws hair and the textures and the colors and just everything is so exceptional Mm-hmm. And then I can't think of what the last one's about. What's the last one about? It's the potential end of the world when there's maybe ah. a giant coming out and everybody's like, this is going to be the end of the world. So everybody's having their last night and oh, then now. it doesn't happen. Genuinely, I just saw a panel and I can feel my eyes welling up because yeah. she just is so evocative or something. Like everything she does is so human feeling and so real and so dream I don't even know I don't know what I'm trying to say but it's beautiful and perfect yeah. so um well I, you know, we'll, we'll do the description of homunculus in, in just a tiny bit but let's let's talk about uh don't go without me first um so the fir- personally first story was was my favorite um and um I I think it's because it reminded me a lot of like um, Starlight by Neil Gaiman, and 
it also kind of had, I don't know if you guys, have you guys read um, Sparrowhawk um, by Delia Estasen, um, yeah. the comic? Um, that has that same th theme of like thoughts and memories as currency. And, and, and once you spend it, you lose it. And so um, it had that kind of feel to it. And, and the second that the main character agrees with someone to, to use the memory, uh, you know, to find, to find somebody and thinking it's kind of like a, not a big, big deal. I'm like, just stopped me. I'm like, don't do it. No, <laughs> like, like, not, you're, you're the land of fairy. No one plays fair and fairy. It's like, but yeah, but definitely very beautiful. I liked this one a lot. I've got a thing for quest narratives and it was a very kind of clean quest narrative. You know, you've got the separation was pretty clean. I, there was there was a kind of problem I had maybe with one and three where like the first couple of pages on both of them were I kind of felt not wasted, but maybe like a little bit too long. I would have like preferred to jump into that separation a little bit sooner, but still you had a really clean separation where you felt that hurt and that loss really well. Like you could tell she was lost. It hurt really bad. Like, where is she? I need to find her. That desperation's very clear. The trial is really clear. You feel each time, you know, oh, she's got brown eyes. Oh, she's got green eyes. Does she have green eyes? Maybe it's blue eyes. That's very clear how each time she keeps wanting to go and keeps needing to find her. And then the resolution again, very clear, very honest, very easy. It's just a really obvious, very easy to read, very easy to follow for a short story as a short story. It's very well structured. And then you look to that art, which again, like we've been saying, her art so fantastic. Her characters are so well drawn. Mm -hmm. The emotion for her characters, like character design wise, her faces are just so good that the emotion that these characters feel when they meet each other, that they don't know they know each other because they've lost their memories. Mm -hmm. That feeling is there and so clear and so distinct and so uh, deep. Uh, that they're meeting each other for the first time for them but you know that emotion is there deep down and it's so incredibly well done so you've mm -hmm. got this really well structured quest narrative though it's simple you know just one quest just one trial not very complicated but the emotion of it's so deep and so well drawn that it's very very well done I, I really really liked it I enjoyed it a lot um, I really liked the artwork for it there, the reason that I thought Brian and I chatted about this last night that when we were talking over the books, um, the first story was my favorite too, just because I liked that element of like soft horror. And there was mm. every page yeah. I had to relook because I'm like, what did I just see? And there's, there's one background image. I think it's towards the end where it's the half naked female torso and there's like celestial drawings all over it. I'm like, yeah. that's just that little tiny image alone attracted me for like five minutes. I'm like, it's so just beautiful. The artwork was great. Um, I feel like, again, as someone who's newer to comics, I felt like these choices, and I do like Shortbox as a publisher, because I again, it's a quality product and I think it's a great pr price point. And I think you're getting a really good item. 
And obviously it's um, very varied and diverse, which I really like, but as a comics newbie, I need like intro freshman level comics. And a lot of the, these comics that we read were like over my head because I think there was so much visually that I got lost as a reader. And since I'm in that transitional period of like going from just like novel like not novelizations, but just like prose or other sorts of books to comics, I'm having a hard time adjusting. And so it's, there was almost, the visuals were almost too much for me and there weren't enough words, but that's, that's a subjective opinion, obviously, but it was, um, it is very pretty. I think that's definitely something about her work. Like it's very, a lot of the time you maybe don't know what's going on until it's already happening. Do you know what I mean? Like it's a bit, mm-hmm. um, and it's very sort of dreamlike and odd a lot of the time. I totally know what you mean. It's a bit like, um, it took me a couple of reads. It's very esoteric and philosophical. Mm. All of her stuff's very esoteric and very philosophical. And so it's not, um, I said very straightforward quest narrative, but like the story itself, the like concepts behind it aren't necessarily very straightforward. <laughs> like the yeah. structure is straightforward, but the concept's not necessarily straightforward. So yeah, you, a second or third read through is not a bad idea because there's mm. definitely depth there. And like you said, there in those detail scenes where the characters were going around and talking to each other, there's a lot of detail in those mm-hmm. panels that are worth looking at and taking a second or third look at. There was Absolutely. a lot of, lot of love put into each, in each drawing, each painting or, or each uh, panel. And oh, and uh, it is funny because um, I could totally, I totally get kind of getting used to the comics medium and, and kind of, this is kind of a deep end <laughs> jump. And so I actually, yeah. um, what, one of the things, and we'll get into it more in homunculus, um, like, like Carrie had, had mentioned about silent comics and like a lot of homunculus is, is silent. And so I'm like, I'm going to give you the first issue of the, the Black Widow, Mark Wade, um, Christiani issue, mm-hmm. which is in my opinion, probably one of the most kinetic for like silent issues and like that that might be like the a good entry level silent issue like to, to and then and then like reread homunculus after that and maybe it'll be a little little more like uh conceptually there yeah i told brian that this was like sophomore level reading and i'm like i need intro to freshman english reading i'm like i'm a first year i'm like make this easy for me please well, but it's very beautiful very so- beautiful that, that's the second story what is left um about the memories um it definitely starts on 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 a on a, on a um on, sorry I, I lost my word there it definitely starts um at a full pace it's just uh, it runs before it before anything else and definitely to me the saddest story and it, and it has the same theme of memories um kind of from the first story but in a different way um I thought that um, it just the the falling in love with with the ghost essentially, or the ghost falling in love with somebody um, concept. You know, it's like unrequited unrequited love at like eleven. You know, it's, yeah, and it's it's very tragic. And the fact that she also realizes that you know not only herself but everyone is dead. You know, when this yeah, is, and so it was it was it was definitely. It was definitely hard to hard to take in. 
I don't like space. I didn't care about the second story at all. <laughs> I was like, this is, it's again, very pretty, but I was like, I don't like space. I have no connection to these characters. Uh, I was very confused for a lot of it. And so when we were chatting about this last night, I was like, so how do they know each other? Because I just, I couldn't get it. And yeah. again, it's just a lot going on in the visuals. And I was, I was lost. So she definitely doesn't hold your hand through anything. It's no, like, and I need that. Yeah. <laughs> I <was> like, <laughs> it works very like, here's this incredibly like unbelievably emotional point that I want to make about life and the human condition. And here's this incredibly high concept sci-fi fantasy thing that I'm going to attach it to. And then everyone's got beautiful hair. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Sort of like, what's going on? <laughs> that's and thing- that's probably why I loved it. Like this is, yeah. I'm really fond of, or was maybe when I was younger, like super fond of like Isaac Asimov and all of that. And mm-hmm. that worked for me like when I was younger, but then not necessarily grew out of it, but like expected more from storytelling when I realized more could come from storytelling like oh women could write this shit (laughs) and maybe women could be in this shit and so this is kind of it giving me more and Mm. so I I like you know beautiful wispy science fiction shit and I like comics with less words in them (laughs) and this this kind of did this for me Uh, so this I think I liked best because it didn't hold my hand <laughs> I'm kind yeah. of the opposite side of that yeah, no totally um yeah uh so you're this reading was... comics in Thai that you don't even understand exactly <laughs> exactly like this is the one with the fewest words this is the one where she kind of edited herself down to the art basically uh, this was a character who didn't really have someone to talk to she was just listening and I enjoyed that <laughs> um and it it was very sad uh to kind of like be falling in love after the fact with this memory donor um and that this 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 memory that had held the ship together or whatever was uh basically kind of like saving this for her and I kind of, I preferred the art in this one even because uh, you had a more variety of colors. Not that I didn't like the art in the first one. Uh, it's probably a time thing, but we're kind of, uh, I hate to say it because I do like the pink and gray, but we've kind of had so much of the pink and gray that I kind of liked coming into like the lilacs and the periwinkles yeah. that you get in the second one. You've got kind of like more of a variety here in, in our second story just kind of why I like the third story too we've got a greater variety coming in again yeah. nothing against the first one but yeah. we've kind of seen it a lot now the it's kind of a thing is. that's been done yeah. I feel like when we look back at like the sort of uh I don't know what you call this era but like 2018 to 2018 the pink and gray era it's gonna be like so uh so of a time yeah it's going Um, to be immediately recognizable oh that came out in 2018 or 2019 did it not (laughs) yes which nothing wrong it's beautiful it's easily recognizable you can tell it what it is but it's like oh periwinkle blue I love you very much something I can see but yeah no I really I really loved again the emotionality they don't really go anywhere there's nothing that you know you just kind of cycle through these images while she just kind of lays there and you know like 
gradually removes pieces of her clothing and kind of accepts where she is. And again, it's her ability to draw these characters with this great emotion on their faces. And it was just beautiful. I loved it. And the different shapes and sizes of, of all her characters as well. It's just as great to see, mm. you know? And, um, well, and then you actually helped manifest a thought in my brain <laughs> just now. Um, it really reminded me of, um, I was a big fan of The Illustrated Man by Ray Bradbury um, growing up, the, mm-hmm. it, which is a, it's one of his short story um, novels, novellas that he, that he wrote. And, and the, this one is definitely, what if Ray Bradbury was a woman and was writing for a female <laughs> yeah, perspective? Yeah, <laughs> I can see that. It, it, like there, there's one story in there about the, the um, it, it starts where just like this one, there's an accident and there's a bunch of astronauts and they're essentially floating in space without any form of rescue coming. And they're basically just floating to their deaths. They're either going to suffocate once their air runs out or they're going to hit atmosphere and they're going to burn to death. Mm-hmm. And, and essentially it's just them talking to each other as, they, as they're realizing what's going on. And so this had that kind of feel too, but with more of a romance and a love to it, which was was definitely an added plus to it. Why do people like space? That <laughs> totally scares the shit out of so, me. That's so the, awful. The book that I recommended for <laughs> Carrie for this one was um, was On a Sunbeam by Tilly Walden. Speaking of mm-hmm. Tilly Walden, you know, I thought maybe that On was- a Sunbeam's like, really good. Yeah. I'm going to start yeah. crying just thinking about floating to my death now. Thank you. <laughs> I'm, I'm very much a super person. <laughs> um, and so- the last one, uh, Contemor, Contemura, which I looked up, um, I should have known this, but I didn't, uh, means in Spanish, uh, with fear, with tenderness. Definitely, it's a good description. It's I like the yeah. prose. Right Definitely, description. The, the prose style of the story, like there's really no narrator. It's just like the world is telling the story, essentially. I really like that. I like, okay. and, and the fact that I, um, I come from, a background where death is a sad thing and I've always had like a jealousy I guess or more of a, a want to be part of a culture that believes that death is a part of life and that it's a, it's a passing and it's and it should be and you're not so you're not mourning the death but you're celebrating the life that you've had and everything so the fact that everyone decides to go out and have a party at the end of the world yeah. it's it's just amazing to me so I, I really enjoyed that as well. And the coloring was fantastic yeah. in that one. That one yeah. was beautiful. Uh, Just the way she manages to encapsulate so many different facets to life and, and the, the beauty of the world and the beauty of life and the, the beauty of death and all this kind of stuff in this short story. I mean, like she's so young <laughs> and she writes these incredibly sort of wise old stories. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just so in awe of her talent all the time. I think this was a really I'm I'm similar like I'm my my family's Catholic so I have a similar weird relationship with death (laughs) so I definitely um I I identify with that a lot as well and I thought this was really beautiful as well I cry if a bug dies (laughs) and I'm like where's my veil I'm saying a rosary there's (laughs) there's I'm so sorry I killed that spider. Ago. I apologize. <laughs> totally, he's like, I'm being, I'm being silly, but no, it, it's it's definitely um, uh, when death is a when you're taught 
in your environment to fear death, it's very emotional reading these types of stories because yeah. you're like, there is, I think like a jealousy where you're like, oh man, I'm totally afraid of dying because I, that's been intrinsically taught to me. Mm. So to celebrate life at the end of the world, I was like, that is, that's something I don't think I could ever do. So there is a jealousy aspect to it. Cause it's like, that's really cool. I guess I can bring us down a little bit this was my least favorite for some reason it was my favorite art I loved the coloring in it the coloring was great I just those first five pages this I just felt a little overwritten or whatever it it comes down to me and I prefer less words in my comics I guess I just I just kept going this could have been done in two pages or something okay and that's that's just me and my personal preference for a comic you're the ta in my class of intro to comics exactly (laughs) that that's kind of what this is this is it has nothing to do with her or her talent or anything like that it's just totally my personal preference I totally recognize that she's talented and she's got skill and it's once I got past those first couple of pages which were gorgeous and if they had been blank I would have been oh this comic is perfect (laughs) Mm. if they hadn't had words I would have been oh this is the perfect comic (laughs) (laughs) was it Um, really wordy I can't remember it was so wordy to me (laughs) it it, it was definitely wordy for a comic um and this this uh, like for me I think was probably my least as well but I still enjoyed the colors um, what, what we talked about uh, before, and I definitely want to bring it up, it's we do have a physical copy of of this, and I and I, I even said it yesterday, and now in, and then looking at, at the copy of you know, your Siobhan, it's like it definitely um, makes me realize that this is true. Is that I think if I if we read this um, like tangibly, like in our hands, I probably would have enjoyed the third story more. I, mm. I would have been able to kind of more focus and, and embrace it because like I I was you know I read it on the tablet when when you get to the there's a lot of double pages so you have to read everything landscape and sometimes yeah. when you read things landscape on a tablet it makes things smaller instead of bigger <laughs> so yeah yeah so it was um so I think if I didn't have that problem I think I probably would have enjoyed it more I, I yeah. think this I think this was my favorite theme wise again just because I think my background makes me think about death in weird ways but I think it was my least favorite comic out of the three out of the three stories I didn't I the colors were beautiful but I again like what Brian had mentioned about the way that we read it it was just I mean I had to unlock it just wasn't the way for us to read the story and I think that really affected how I liked it and I think like right now when you were mentioning how um when I'm like losing words for some reason I don't know what's going on but um when uh when we were talking right now about how there was um what am I trying to say uh, on the on the comic and I asked a question because I couldn't remember what it was like that's how I felt about the book in its entirety not because it's not beautiful or not because she's not talented but because I had a really hard time connecting to the book itself and I'm wondering if it's because I read it on a tablet 
you know, had I had the physical copy, I would have ingested it differently. So maybe it would have resonated with me more. And I think that's why maybe I remember the first story the most is because that was the better layout in the way that I read it. Does that make sense? By saying that right? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think that Shortbox is one of those publishers that like you, you are rewarded for getting the physical copy as much yeah. as I appreciate that not everyone can and like having it avail- available digitally is amazing. Um, I, you know, I think that there is some indescribable value to having the, the physical thing, you know? Yeah, definitely. There's not much that I'll pay the shipping from the UK to the US for and Shortbox is definitely one of them that I will pay the extra shipping yeah, definitely. to get. Absolutely uh, worth it. Well, speaking of death and waiting and, and possible rebirth, uh, we'll get into Homunculus uh, by Joe Sparrow. Siobhan, mm-hmm. um, do you want to take the helm again? Sure. So Homunculus <laughs> by Joe Sparrow yes. is about um, like an AI, an AI living through the apocalypse. Is that a sort of accurate? Perfect. <laughs> That's actually... <laughs> Very succinct. Probably the most succinct synopsis we have ever had. (laughs) Well, it's a very, you know, it's a very um, straightforward story in a lot of ways. Like that kind of what it is. That kind of is what it is. It's about sort of uh, an intelligence coming to life, the relationships that it develops, the way it sees the world, the the history that it sees. Um, It makes me like again. This makes me really emotional this book it's a very very beautiful story really well paced even though it's the same panel like it's the same sort of uh location what like three panels per page the whole way through um Mm -hmm. and it's in some sense the same like scene that you're seeing the whole time Mm -hmm. even though there's drastic changes throughout it it's it's um the story's really clear it's very um emotional it's very you know there's 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 so much that happens in it, even though it's kind of this one view the whole time. There's moments that are funny. There's moments that are very, very sad. There's moments that are quite dramatic and scary. Um, I love this. I love this book. Yeah. Me too. Uh, I, I definitely enjoyed it as well. And I, def- I definitely like the idea of, of there being, like, like you said, just like one panel and like what, because it's just, it's one perspective. It's, it's kind of a, a take on found footage in a way where it's just like mm. it's just like um you know you're you, you, the, the entire world is is being destroyed b- behind the camera and you can't see it and like you know all you can see is, is where you're stuck and and I think that that's a great perspective like a way to, a way to write a book and, and all because you're you, you know you're using everything you can and you don't have a lot to use but you're just using it to its fullest mm like self-aware cctv yes very much so oh but no when you talk about we don't need that (laughs) when you're getting when you talk about getting teary-eyed the my bonnie lies over the ocean oh yeah oh my god my dad used to sing that to me um as a baby so i was just like the meaning behind the song and the the purpose of of the reason why the AI is seeing it is to keep the the brain from not atrophying atrophying and it's just oh yeah I'm dead inside because I didn't (laughs) like the story I oh did you not I did not like it um the silent pages 
Oh, really yeah, bad no, that would me. do it. There's yeah. a lot. Um, and I ended up not caring about anybody at the end. Mm. I was like, what's going on? So again, I, I this is all subjective it, and this feel. is just and a yeah. lot of it is like silent pages and pacing because you kind of have to pace yourself like you have to find your own pacing and emo- your own emotion inside of a silent comic so you kind of have to learn that as a reader of silent comics agreed and 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 that can be difficult definitely um you can't you kind of have to want to feel a silent comic sometimes so just to let everybody know i did cry at the end because i was frustrated with reading it i didn't cry because i was sad i was frustrated i'm like what did i just read and i was upset about it and i kind of had the same like my first silent comic was during the grant morrison run of batman and and i you know and grant morrison's work it's very wordy. And so we get a silent comic in the middle of very much a bunch of, of, of comics with a lot of words in it. And it was kind of the same reaction that Carrie had to this book where I was like, I, I literally read it like in two minutes and I was like, what did I just read? Cause I didn't really take the time yeah. to grasp everything because I was like oh no words do, 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 do. I'm done <laughs> you know like what did I just like I spent four bucks on this <laughs> like, what yeah. Did I do? <laughs> yeah but no I, and then I just rereading it and getting, kind of getting through it and whatnot and we had um a silent comic um earlier in um in on the show that we read um another short comic um and burning tree that was and that was kind of the one where I, I I accidentally did the same thing at first, and then I reread it, and I was like, "Oh, this is gothic horror at its best. This is amazing." <laughs> so yeah, I I can totally. Um, I I think I think you you kind of have to have your own speedometer in your brain, and you just have to kind of like make sure you regulate your speed when you. Read I'd it. like to reread them. Yeah. Like two months from now, four months from now, yeah. after I get more into read it. Some books. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. I, I think with this one, uh, a couple of the things I think that really stood out for me with it. One, uh, having read Origin recently and kind of <laughs> being in the reading of Origin, uh, it, it kind of, I was like, oh, you know, like computers and the world growing up and a kind of green apocalypse that kind of I liked that. Um, and I, I liked the idea of this. Um, I don't want to say CCCVAI again, but the, the, the stable POV, the POV that doesn't move, um, where even even you never see the character herself i mean she, we saw through a mirror for a second mm-hmm. right she shows like a, mirror. a picture yeah yeah um or was it was it like a the selfie phone camera i can't remember what yeah. it was but we saw her for a second um but you know we relate to her through ourselves like even though we know she's a computer like because of the view we're given like we it's very like you're always supposed to relate a little bit to a main character like you are the pov character or whatever but this is very directly that panel is a window they are talking to you you are this character and 
I mean, they do that every once in a while, you know, your second person, whatever, whatever. But this was very much, you know, that character's a window. You are that character. And it was very, I thought, very well done for what it was. First person shooter of comic books. <laughs> it's kind of first person shooter of comic books. <laughs> Except not, you know. Yeah. It, they, they didn't take it, you know. It wasn't corny, which no. I mean, you know, you've see, I've seen web comics try that, which no offense to web comics. I love a web comic, but I have seen web comics try stuff like that. And, yeah. you know, they'll, they'll dance around and do it, but this was very direct and very emotional, very character driven. And I think that would be how you would have to do it to make it character driven and not action driven for it to work for you to actually look inside that panel window and feel like she is the scientist, she is talking to you and mm. to feel it in that way. And I did, I mean, I don't think I would have cried if I didn't feel it in that way. And I felt it when she had, when she had to run and with the, you know, you know, she died and yes. come back millions of years, thousands of years, it was hundreds, hundreds of years later. So you know she's dead and she's been dead. And so, you know, you cry because that time's passed and your mm. only friend's dead because, you know, that window is you, so. And then the panel where she sees her her creator at the, mm. la at the end of, in the person that she's talking to. Oh. Yeah. Uh, and Full yeah. Tears. <laughs> the cartoony style I, I i we just kind of talked about like the juxtaposition between like style and 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 sorry yeah exactly yeah. and and that's definitely here it kind of makes it a little easier to to digest such a grim story that it has kind of a cartoonist feel to it and the bright colors it's definitely the least grim grim story i've read in a long time <laughs> yeah again it's sort of very hopeful yes and very love based you know, like it's it's a very sort of beautiful story in a lot of ways. I don't know if you, it's probably a backwards of it. I literally wrote sad but hopeful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and the the art's so like sort of um, precise and graphic and clean that it does really sort of mute the horror of it. The art really reminds me of like almost uh, like Ernie Bushmiller. Um, who did Nancy in how like deliberate everything is. Like nothing's there that's not not adding to the story you know mm -hmm. no definitely and the horror isn't the point like the yeah. the apocalypse or whatever happens in like two panels yeah. the point is the learning and the learning from the learning and the continuing exactly mm. exactly and and even like the mutant part is not scary you know like mm. you know, it's more tragic than scary yeah <laughs> right well, um, I do you guys have anything else you want to add to this or to um, to to develop without me? I we said bright colors, but I want to say I really really liked the colors in Homunculus. I thought they were really well done and really well chosen. Um, the coin, the coina. What's a coina? That's not a word. Where did I even come up with that? Good lord. Uh, the contrast between like the purples and the blues and the greens, like very dynamic and that was just fun to look at because again you're in a very static position so you're not going to be able to do anything interesting with movement so choosing all those fun vibrant colors was was 
clever I thought I mean it might just be I don't think I've read anything else by that artist so it's probably just the way that that colorist or that artist Mm. does their work it's probably just their style but regardless it was nice I liked it me too yeah I never read anything by or haven't really heard anything by by Joe Sparrow before either so I can I definitely want to check check it out (laughs) because I I definitely like the style of this book um oh um Shabbat, have you have you read Origins by any chance? From no, what's what's Origins? It's a, it's another post-apocalyptic kind of AI story, um, okay. where essentially like an AI um, is able to bring back to life the, her creator, who is the person who created like the AI world, but the AI world kind of turned on humanity and killed humanity. So it's kind of like the story of this this one man's journey to kind of bring back humanity. As well okay. as it kind of very much humanizes robots, and there's a there's a section where there's a bunch of like helper robots where their whole purpose is to help, and then they, um, and so there's no humanity. So for just centuries, they're not able to do anything. And the second they see another human, they're like, "Oh my god, a human! Like, like this is our purpose!" And so <laughs> it's all you can do. yeah, it's exactly it's it's all about like what you're what your purpose is deemed in what your life and what you know mm. you can be able to get past it and become what you know your real self so it's really that one up. yeah oh definitely it's i think it's is it boom i think it's boom. yeah i just looked it up and i i recognize the cover because i see it in the shop all the time okay. but i just haven't gotten around to reading it so i'm gonna have to yeah, gonna have it. to bite the bullet the, read the something first, new Ugh. first issue is kind of it's kind of slow and kind of um fr- impenetrable I, uh, it, it's just empty it's just yeah. kind of an empty book but it's it's all art and it's gorgeous gorgeous, I'm fine gorgeous with that. Book. Yeah. but then after the, yeah, you, you get more into the story um and so it's really good all right well um you guys we can go into um the last section of the pod um is our round table uh this is uh this is great too because um uh, this is only the second time we've done roundtable. Um, unfortunately, Darcy wasn't with us last episode, and um, and this is her idea. So, like, this is kind of cool that we're 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 going to talk this um, this subject today. Um, if we want to really talk about it, is um, convention manners after COVID. Um, so essentially, we've gone a year without conventions, and how are they going to be different? How is is everyone going to be expected to act, and what's the best way? to be during conventions going forward? Well, definitely like we've already started, like Australia, we're very, very lucky with how things have gone um, COVID wise. So we've already had conventions back and I am planning to do like Queens of Kings are doing our own um, convention in October called Brazen, which we're very excited about. Mm -hmm. Um, But definitely I think that like the last convention we just had in Sydney, which was like a couple of weeks ago, I didn't go, but a lot of friends did. And I think the biggest part is that no one got sick afterwards because <laughs> people are so much more conscious of, you know, people basically have stopped wearing masks in Sydney, um, but people were still wearing masks at the convention. Everyone's incredibly conscious of like using hand sanitizer. It's everywhere. There was way more cleaners than I've ever been at a convention in the history of the world ever. Um, so the, the, it, it seemed really like positive generally. And the people who were there were the people who really wanted to be there. 
So it wasn't as busy as usual, but the, the artist's alley did really well out of it. Like all the local cartoonists sold a lot because the people who were there were like, we haven't been to a convention in a year. We want to spend. So it was really great. And so I hope that sort of people just are conscious of, you know, let's keep it to elbow bumps. Let's keep our distance from everyone, you know, wear masks, use sanitizer, like stay safe for everyone. Um, and support support cartoonists because it's been so hard for so many people without the convention the conventions bringing money in that is absolutely my hope like 100 percent. i know we missed our last local one here uh i finally got back to the states i got one i actually got two i got one and i went to visit a friend and got to go to theirs um but then, you know, 2000, we lost and obviously so did everyone. Um, and it's kind of, you know, you guys have done great, but we have not done great here in the U.S. Yeah. We've done terrible um, and continue to do really terribly. And I am afraid in a convention environment, we are going to continue to do terribly. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know how you could quite manage a, a, a sort of group of people that big. Mm. Yeah, that's that's true because we have definitely have a, a higher population and and Comic Con um, is supposed to come back in October. The one, the holy big one in San Diego. Holy. Yeah, and and we're you know, I mean, I grew up in the in San Diego and and the, but we live maybe three hours away now from from there. And we were talking about going, but even you know, this it's months down the road and everyone's getting vaccinated in California, but it's still like just the idea. I mean, it, it's it's a sardine can that smells like old mayonnaise without <laughs> without without the, the pandemic. Yeah. And now yeah. we're gonna add, you know, possibly getting sick yeah. from it. So you know i think and it's one of the things where oh sorry it's one of those things where everybody used to get sick anyway from cons like con crud is con crud you know like it's nice it's that's one of those nice things it's like the flu was not bad last year because everybody was distanced everybody was not everybody you know like texas was fucking terrible texas texans don't know how to take care of themselves but a lot of people were better and so you know maybe cons will step up maybe con goers will step up and like take a step back and keep their hands to themselves goodness willing but it's like you know I go to conventions with friends and you know people can't keep their hands to themselves people can't keep their mouths you know like a little bit of couple of feet away from my mouth and I would like them to try to um and I know I, I kind of got this idea from a Twitter thread from that uh Nick Robles was on that's why I saw it and you know he's like are people gonna like remember how to just be people in public again you know like remember you know when to stop talking to other people and when to take a step back uh, and it's kind of a problem some people at conventions have problems with <laughs> don't it's touch other people yeah. <laughs> yeah it's been interesting at um even queens of kings since we've started we've had the last two meetups in person finally again and we just like <laughs> we're all so unused to being in a room with 10 other people and we're all just right. shouting at each other like ah! yeah. <laughs> and then everyone just needs to, like 
calm down, there's time. Um, but I, I do sort of hope that like part, a, a possible good thing that comes out of this is that the problems that there have been at conventions in the past with like respecting personal space, yes. not touching cosplayers, you know, uh, not getting too close to the artists and the talent, respecting yes. their space, respecting all that kind of stuff. I kind of hope that this, you know, really, really solidifies some of those things. Um, mm. I hope. Definitely. Hopefully. It, it's it's sad that it takes a, a pandemic to make people have social <laughs> cues, but I know I totally agree. Whatever it takes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but I, um, no, what you said about people supporting artists is music to my heart. I mean, because that's one of the main reasons why I like going to conventions is I like picking up, um, you know, as much art, much stuff that, that I can just directly get from artists. And our last anniversary um, in July um, uh, was, you know, a few months after uh, we usually go to WonderCon, which is in Anaheim by Disneyland. And, um, and that, that was usually happens in April. And so I usually, you know, we usually get some money saved up to then go spend and to, to, to give out to, you know, to artists that we love. And so anniversary is coming up and I was like, um, Car Carrie was like, what do you want? And I'm like, you know what, just give me an X amount of money and let me go spend, you know, like, like go, go on websites and, and pick up, um, you know, art from, from artists or books from artists and stuff like that. So I can just, you know, basically what I would have done at WonderCon, but even, even with um, COVID going on, it was, it was still really difficult to do that online. Like mm. there's a lot of people who don't have well-maintained websites or stores and a very finite amount of stuff available. So even though there was a, a giant stack of artists that I was looking up, I could only find like a tiny handful that I was able to buy stuff from. Well, I bet you now their online representation for stores is so much better because now yeah. they've worked through the pandemic. Yeah. You know, back in July of 2020, we were all still kind of getting over the shock of COVID. And then here, at least in this, in California, we got really good pandemic wise and then all hell broke loose and we had to go back to like the worst possible tier. And we have a crazy governmental system right now. So it's like mm -hmm. our ruling, every county is different as far yeah. as their COVID regulations are, which is so confusing. So some places were doing some things. I just think that like now we're all kind of getting on the same page. So now those artists are like, okay, if I have to go back to digital or whatever, you know, this is how I can kind of navigate that landscape. Because before I think it was just so chaotic for everyone because we're all dealing with different levels of bullshit that I don't think we could all like work together, you know, on yeah. stuff. You know, Shortbox is actually doing an online convention sometime this year which that's is awesome. really cool and that's yes. like a great way of getting around these things no totally and then our um last episode um we we had an interview um and uh, the 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 person we interviewed does kitchen con and yes. Tom, yes and top word and um and essentially kitchen con is it was pre-pandemic was basically an at-home convention where people actually set up wares like like they were in a booth and they were kind of showing them on on camera and so it like and stuff like that you know moving forward will be great but 
there's nothing like being in person too for a convention and meeting people you like or meeting person. people you never knew yeah exactly <laughs> yeah. stumbling upon people yes if we could all stop being a little bit less asshole-ish because of covid at comic like at conventions to each other i think that'd be really nice because i think there are a lot of jerky people in the world and maybe the pandemic will chill everybody out and we'll all be nicer to each other he is hoping comic fans have or comic comics dumb has some of the greatest and some of the worst fans in the world and like some of the best people and like some of the greatest people i've ever met are fellow comic book fans but then some of the worst people i met like oh you like comics i like comics too and i'm a terrible person like, <laughs> i hate it like oh my god but what is when someone's like ah you guys are gonna get along you really like comics and i'm like no, maybe not. It depends on what kind of comics. I can already tell. Say Judging Spawn. by the collection. Yeah, I am out of here. That's funny. Yeah. Guys, I'm really sorry. I have to go. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, no worries. We're actually oh, almost, yeah. almost done. Yeah, thank you so much, Siobhan. It was nice seeing you. Yeah, uh, so nice. So nice to chat to you guys. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Oh, good luck, you good luck with the pandemic. Sending you. maximum <laughs> love from Sydney. Siobhan, awesome. thank you Same to you. Take again. care. See you guys. Bye. 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 Um, <laughs> and um, with with Andrew Levins and uh, great great comic book. Um, it's definitely a great comic book podcast. I'm probably gonna edit this to hell because <laughs> <laughs> I'm. <laughs> Or put Do you want to start end. over? Or put it at the end, maybe, <laughs> as, as the bonus content. Um, okay, let me try that again. Uh, not right. talk about bras? Yes, sorry. <laughs> not talk about bras, exactly. All right, well, th- thank you, Siobhan, again, for joining us. Um, if Siobhan can uh, be heard uh, on a semi-regular basis on the Serious Issues podcast, it's actually the podcast where we all got to know each other from, um, at, least, at least me and Darcy. <laughs> yep. okay. I knew Carrie a little bit before that, but but yes. Um, One would hope. The podcast would not be, this podcast would not be in existence if it wasn't for that podcast. So it's, awesome. it's great. Um, but um, so uh, I think actually we're getting towards the end here. Uh, uh, do you have anything more you want to add about, uh, about con matters? Darcy. Have some. Yes. Have some? Yes. Have some con manners. <laughs> yeah. I yes. love that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, totally. I am dense. I can't, I can't get that. <laughs> uh, no. Uh, and that's something that I wish could happen before. But now, um, some of the horror stories. Um, you know what I hope that I see post pandemic at cons? I want to see more fat girls as Wonder Woman as Black Widow, I want to see like full body representation. I want to see every person in every form cosplaying their heart out. I think that would be the best thing in the world. I want to see all of that. Definitely. Inclusivity. Yeah, inclusivity. Inclusivity. (laughs) So we have reached the end of our show. For this week, uh, first of all, a uh, big thank you, as always, to everyone listening. Thanks for getting through this with us. Very much appreciated. Um, if you have a question or comment, uh, you can email at um, comics, 
deservebetter at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter at CDBpod. Uh, check us out at um, on our website at comicsdeservebetter.wordpress.com for all our episodes and socials, as well as a form on our contact page to request a subject for us for a future show. Um, please give us a review if you want um, on the platform that you're listening to us right now. Um, Darcy, uh, where can you be found on the internet? I am at books underscore serial on Twitter, and I have a website, booksandserial.wordpress.com, where I recently, finally, Tomorrow's Monsters finished, so I wrote it up. Uh, Short, whatever, first part, excellent, last two issues, by issues, I mean episodes, I had a couple of problems, so most of it, great last but you know who wasn't the problem in this show john boyega john boyega was amazing so still recommend it very nice yeah i i definitely enjoyed it as well and i definitely need to read your your little piece on it because i I just (laughs) i'll let you know um well uh you can find me on instagram at brian brygen underscore cb and on twitter at brygen 2814 um if that's too hard to spell once again go on our website um our our socials are there uh if you you know what um i want more friends on nintendo switch so if you want to be my friend on switch that's the best place you can find me uh dm me um or email me us the podcast you know um and then we'll become friends on switch and you can come to my animal crossing village yes i still play um, uh i'm on stardew valley if you oh, want my Stardew. Nice. <laughs> i'm yes. just kidding oh, oh, yes. i only stardew valley alone thank you very much <laughs> okay. okay well well um for darcy carrie and shabon thank you uh, once again i am brian and this has been the comics deserve better podcast Rem- and remember as always comics deserve better and everybody deserves comics bye everyone bye bye, bye. bye. Thank you again, Siobhan. Um, uh, she can be heard uh, semi uh, and semi weekly, so, sorry, semi frequently on uh, the um, the serious issues. You made her sell at the Victoria's oh. Secret Sale, oh. like the semi annual, the semi annual Victoria's Secret Sale. Oh yeah, semi annual serious issues podcast sale.